0: Come a little bit closer Ah, who, Possibly I've seen
1: too Straight up me
0: Destination, yeah. It's witchcraft I will
1: choose free will yeah. Yeah. Got the What do you call a bear with no teeth?
2: I don't know what.
1: A gummy bear. <laughs>
2: Tremendous.
1: Welcome to the Homeworker Podcast, everybody, where we attempt to wreck and shatter conventional wisdom and ways of thinking. That's what we do. We try. I am Alex, and I'm joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous wife, the lovely Monique.
2: Hello. How are you? I am dandy. How are you?
1: I am doing fantastic.
2: Right.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. As always. Love it. More so than usual. <laughs> because you've laughed at that silly joke. <laughs> I can't, and, and it's funny because that's exactly how I envisioned you reacting to it. <laughs> it was perfect.
2: <laughs> well, I was thinking... Where is this going? Okay, a bear, no teeth. I, I, don't, I, I don't know this one. And it popped me, not going to lie. Excellent. Because I, for the most part, have the mentality of a 12-year-old.
1: And why sometimes a
2: you. five-year-old.
1: That's why I love you.
2: <laughs> and I love you.
1: Well, thank you so much. So do you have anything going on that you want to talk about before Ooh. we get into today's awesome episode? Incredible. I, yeah, I can't put this over enough.
2: I have my dragon connection hypnotherapy session. Anyone who's looking to meet the dragons, and even if you already connect with your dragons, but you just want to have a relaxing session where you can kind of zone out and just connect with them some more, maybe ask questions that you're trying to find the answers to, or if you're like, what, there are dragons? What are you talking about? And you want to meet the ones that are around you all the time. This is a great opportunity, and. I, I actually had somebody email me not that long ago asking, oh, can you recommend any books about dragons? Like, w- you know, how did you get into dragons? And I had to explain... No, no books. I just always felt a connection with them. I was, I just felt something with dragons. I got them even like, I, I didn't realize it till recently. I have them tattooed on my arms and <laughs> never realized like, oh yeah, it connected to dragons.
1: That's what those are.
2: Yeah, so I have a dragon here on my arm and then I have another dragon. I'm showing off my guns, but another one here. <laughs> and, but it was just, I like dragons. And I had to explain to this person that, I got there by meditation and by connecting. And they came to me and then I started working with them and then I found the Dragon Oracle deck and I started using that. And I was like, whoa, it was kind of like a nice tool to try to find a way to talk about dragons to people in a way that they can comprehend without necessarily being like, oh yeah, well in my meditation, you know, there's this dragon that does this. But I also said that there's a lot, of other dragons out there that aren't in that deck that I personally connect with. And so we all have dragons and you've done it and you had a cool experience. And I, you know, there are people who have done it with me and had good experiences and it's just a good opportunity to try it for a fraction of the price of regular hypnotherapy. It's $33. And I just think that it's something fun and exciting, but also you get to relax I actually speak very slow in contrast to how I am on here.
1: Yeah, believe it or not.
2: Mm -hmm. But that's going to be on Saturday, August 19th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So you can go to my website, innerstandingshypnosis.com. To sign up for that. And also, uh, you can go to tarotbymonique.com if you want a dragon oracle reading or a tarot reading. And I make organite, and I think it's pretty darn good. And I make some really cool dragons. I have dragon heads, I have full body dragons, and I just started putting out for sale little baby dragons and eggs. So you see the dragon in the clear resin. So it's an organite dragon inside the resin egg, so you can see inside
1: it's really the pictures and yeah. Okay. Obviously I'm going to be biased, but pictures do not do these pieces justice. And I feel like you don't charge enough for, for what you put into it and just for how you, how it looks. And just for the fact that every single one of these that you make is unique. It's not like you mass produce a bunch. It, everything's unique I'm literally, because you're using different amounts of crystal, different yeah. colors, Different types of crystals, all everything's unique. You're never gonna get the same one.
2: Even if I try to make one to look similar, tried, I can't. You can't. It, it can't be.
1: So identical. to me, it's like these are unique pieces that mm-hmm. I feel like you don't charge enough. But Thank anyway, you. one of my I am biased.
2: biggest struggles, to be honest, is trying to get the picture to show what it looks like in real life in the different light. And I have a hard time with that. And I feel like the pictures don't always do it justice. So if anyone like knows photography and wants to give me some tips and tricks.
1: I mean, you're outside. You're looking at you. You go when you the best sunlight possible. You've taken pictures in like that little little box. Yeah, the shed, like the light box. I've
2: done that. Yeah.
1: I like the ones outside better. They don't do it justice. None, None of the pictures do. You have to hold it in your hand and like really look at it and And marvel it it and and see see it in a different light yeah Yeah. it's it's really they're just incredible things
2: thank you but yeah i literally am i'm outside in my backyard i make one thing at a time and i'm barefoot i get in a meditative state my feet are bare bare feet in the ground and um it is a process it takes a while to make them but i think it's a labor of love
1: they're, they're always incredible
2: Yeah, Thank you Thank you so much Absolutely But yeah So go to tarotbymonique.com And if dragons aren't your thing That's okay I have lots of other stuff For Organite. I have pyramids I have pendants And pendulums Lots I have of cool stuff Go check it All out. cool things Yeah
1: Absolutely Thank you How what many about- people do you think Were listening to that And went He doesn't know That she has dragons Tattooed on herself
2: <laughs> I didn't even think of that Because
1: as soon as I said it I went you know, I'm just now realizing that that's what that is, is a dragon. I always thought for some reason that it was like a tribal symbol, or at one point I thought it was barbed wire. I, no,
2: it's a dragon.
1: I, I don't stare at your tattoo. No,
2: it's okay. it's okay. I forget what tattoos I have. So it's kinda, and I don't it's kind have a ton. I don't have enough. I, I
1: thought it right after I said I'm like, wow, that's going to sound really awesome. People be like, wow, how long do these people? That's how spiritually married?
2: connected we are. It's not about the physical bodies.
1: It, it, there you go. There you go. That's what it is.
2: Yeah. All right. So anything with you that you want to touch on?
1: No, I'm just excited to get into today's show. Yes. Uh, We speak with a fantastic lady. Mm.
2: Yeah, she is fantastic. She's somebody I do consider a friend. Leslie Fear from the Because I want to know podcast. And she's also an author. She writes paranormal romance novels, which is incredible. She has a TikTok. She does a lot of home decor stuff on, which is really neat too. But there's so much more about her than being a novel, like an author and a podcaster. She is magical.
1: She is, yeah, 100% agree with that. We have a, a really great conversation. We do. And we, we actually began talking before you you guys are going to jump into the conversation here in a few seconds. We talked for, what, maybe like 30 minutes yeah. before we, uh, should we maybe actually start recording? I know, <laughs> <So> we're like, <laughs> oh, we
2: should probably record now.
1: <laughs> and then after we finished, we talked for another close to an hour. Of, yeah, And, I, I mean, it was just an incredible, incredible lady. I'm really, really glad that I got to meet her and have this conversation, everything. And it was really just, just awesome. And we talked about a couple of sensitive things. So there's your warning. If, if you're listening with uh, children in the car or anything like that,
2: trauma, uh, abuse. uh,
1: Yeah. Anything like that. Just be aware that there is some of that involved in here. Nothing too graphic, but you can read between the lines and figure things out. If that's something that maybe you're not comfortable with then that this is your warning. But I will say that, spoiler alert, it it ends well And And not just that,
2: but there's something incredible at the end And if you listen to this episode, where we start with And the point I try to make with Leslie And then where it goes to at the very end It's like, whoa And I I just, I, I really hope people enjoy this episode And I hope it ripples out and helps people
1: Absolutely So without further ado, here we go with Leslie Fear.
2: All right. We are here with
3: Leslie Fear. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm not used to being interviewed, so it's kind of fun to be on the other side of this.
2: I'm so excited. So I'm going to go in. I'm going to let all the hearers and watchers know. I first found you through... Again, our friend, Karen Rontowski, she's the conduit for connecting everybody. And so from Paranormal Caring, Karen Rontowski, and you reached out and asked me to be on your podcast because I want to know. And I checked out your podcast and I thought, holy smokes, this is awesome. Because she's, Leslie is talking about these different topic. Like a lot of podcasts will have topics that kind of stay it's either all paranormal it's all ufo it's all cryptid or you know whatever it is but you talk to different people about different topics and we do the same thing we don't stick to just one thing we stick to what fascinates us
1: whatever's interesting yeah
2: yeah and so i thought holy holy smokes here's another person doing it and it's so great and refreshing because it works. And this is a person who makes it work and does such a great job at it. You've had so many different guests. And also I looked and I'm like, oh, she's an author. You write paranormal romance novels. Yes. <laughs> How cool is that?
3: Well, it started out that way. I, I love. Anything paranormal. And when I I used to be a a rabid reader, like just voracious, and I read all the time, used and also used to write reviews and those kinds of things. But I also wrote when I was in college. And my friends always said, you know, you need to do this. You need to do this for a living. And I'm like, I got kids. I'm not doing that. (laughs) So you, you bring up your kids. Your kids get older. They don't need you so much. So you think, okay, I'll dabble in this. So I had an author friend who also wrote paranormal romance, and she took me on, and she was such a good writer. She kicked my butt. Told me this is bad. So, redo this. The whole thing. You got to have thick skin when you're when you're a writer. Yeah. Trust me. And your editor is going to tell you even if it's not a friend. Okay. And don't be a friend with your editor. They're not your friends. You're paying them to make you better. Mm-hmm. Long story short, wrote the first two books in 2012 with my co-author, and then I wrote my first book, Atticus. I think it's this, it's this one, Atticus. And then I wrote my Graveyard Watchman series, which is three books. And then my latest book, Apollo's Son. They're all paranormal romance, but they're all about different things. Like mm-hmm. one's about a haunted house. One's about angels and demons. One's about Greek mythology. Nice. <laughs> so it was about Apollo and his son, Asclepius. I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah. And I, but I got a little burned out on it. And so when I was talking to, I, I always... I listened to internet radio. Do y'all remember Hay House Radio way back in the day? I don't. No. So Hay House Radio was like Louise Hay, Abraham Hicks, all these people that we all love and know. I don't know if you know. Who yeah,
1: they I've, are. I've heard of Hicks. Yeah. And yeah. H- yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Manifesting and just they had numerologists on, they had psychic mediums, all the things. And I just it was so enamored with it because I love everything paranormal, but just I, I believed in that stuff. I believe in that metaphysical kind of thing. I've always been a podcast listener, too, when that started happening. And I listened to Hillbilly Horror Stories. They got me into podcasting. Mm-hmm. They talk about history and haunted houses. And I love history, and I love anything paranormal haunted kind of thing. They were asking for people to tell their stories. I didn't really have a really scary story, but I had kind of a unique story. And they re- we really hit it off. And I started coming on their show and doing Fear of the Week every week and a play on my name. Cause my name is really, it's my real last name. I promise it's my <laughs> husband's real last name. I was branding myself before I knew I was branding myself.
2: <laughs> Which by the way is so cool. Like not many people you run into have the last name of
3: fear. You no know, it's like, seriously? So yeah, I did fear of the week. And what I would do is I come off for like 10, 15 minutes every Thursday and talk about like how long you lived after your head got chopped off, that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> and All that's right.
3: interesting. You know, come on. I want to know. Yeah. You, you know, I want to know how many bugs I have in my face, microscopic bugs. And guess what? They're really good for you. I don't know if you want to hear about it, but I do. So it was that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's so easy. Like, you need your own podcast. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm writing now. I don't need it. He goes, yeah, this is Jerry and, and Tracy Polly." He goes, yeah, but you're getting burnt out on writing. You already told me you were. I'm going to send you a mic. He sends me a mic. This mic I just showed you guys still have it. And I was like, Oh God, I don't know how to do it. I'm not, I don't know how I'm not techie. I don't know. He goes, I'll walk you through it. So he walked me through it. I started the podcast and I interview everyone and anyone who interests me with unique occupations or life experiences, like maybe a mortician, psychic medium, tarot readers, near-death experiencers, people that leave cults, people that have been in prison, that kind of stuff. I want to hear what your experience was. And so that's what started my podcast and that's what started all this, but it also opened my mind to things that I didn't know I could do.
2: Mm-hmm. And we-
3: <laughs> I'm gonna let <laughs> you get there. <laughs> because I've always been interested in it. And so when my mother died in two, 2017, I started the podcast in, in uh, well, three years ago this month, I started the podcast, so it's been three years. So in 2020, I started the podcast and my mom was always kind of interested in this stuff too. She kind of had an interest in it. So we always made a pact a long time ago. Hey, whoever goes first, obviously it was her. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know what it's like.
0: Yeah.
3: And I was, and she was like, okay, okay. And I was like, okay. And so before she passed, she passed of cancer and it was really fast and it was sad, but I wasn't as close to my mom until toward the end of her life. She she just wasn't available to me. It wasn't she it wasn't like she was a bad mom, but she was just not there. And and I ask her even now, Mom, do you mind when I tell people some of the negative things? She goes, Absolutely not. There's no ego up here. It's okay. Tell your story. It's your truth. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm free to say these things. Cause I asked her, Is it okay? So, you know, she was just she was just absent in my life a lot of times. Like I didn't even know where she was. Like they'd be with my she'd be with my stepdad sailing in the gulf and you can get a hold of her it's like seriously really mom you there I'm in high school so
2: <laughs> that's tough and it, it, it's it's yeah. it's one thing like we grew up in the 80s and being a latch kid key because your parents yeah. were working and it's one thing like knowing where your parents are because they're at work so if you need something yeah. you can call them at work and talk to them but that's yeah. different when you don't know where a parent is and you might have an idea of you know what continent they're on but you can't just call them up on the phone that must be that must have been very difficult
3: well you grow up really fast I mean I went to four different high schools so that tells you how many schools I probably went to before that Mm. so I mean moved 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 moved, moved. so it's just you know I, I I had resentment because I didn't have a house I lived in forever I didn't have a place to call home and when I did see her, it was a very conditional situation. And, and that was just her personality, but guess what? I'm so close to her now. It's crazy. And it's weird that I'm saying that because she's not even here anymore. I know. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> oh,
1: okay. I, I, we have to, Were you gonna ask something that's going to lead us there because yeah. I want to hear about this.
2: Okay. Yes. Go.
1: Okay. Yeah. I just, I want to hear about this. How, how are you communicating with your mom now that she's not here?
3: Okay. So on my podcast, I have a resident psychic medium named Christina Curran, and she's become one of my very best friends. And she's always like, all you have to do is talk to her. She's right there. And I'm like, "That just sounds weird. I mean, I did ask, Hey, what's going to happen? Tell me how you're doing up there. And she said, I know you don't think you can, but you can. Everybody can do this. We all are collective. We all have a connection with source. The other side, we all do. So I said, okay. All right, I will try it. So for literally about probably a month and a half, two months, every night my husband be already asleep. I'd be in bed because I'm I don't I can't lay down and go to sleep in two seconds like he can. What is up with men and that can do that? Anyway. See, I can do
2: that. I'm like I
1: can't do that. He
2: can't, but I can. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll be asleep in the next ten to fifteen minutes. I'm out.
1: She's out in You're thirty out. seconds. Yeah. I
3: know. And I'm like awake and unfortunately look good at TikTok, I'm sure. So, <laughs> but I finally, I just, I put the phone down and I was like, and I concentrate, shut my eyes. And I would say, you know, mom, are you there? Are you there? Nothing, nothing. And she goes, you're going to hear something's going to happen. You're going to hear something. I'm like, I'm not hearing anything, Christina. What's going on? She goes, just keep trying. And she goes and breathe through it. Get quiet set your intentions, that you want to see her, all the things. And I felt her with me, which is weird to say that because I didn't know that's what it was at the time. So finally, after about a month and a half, I was, I was like thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to ask her a question and then I'm going to answer myself into something she would say back. So I said, hey, mom, how are you? Where are you? Are you okay? And I, I heard, hi, sweetheart. And that, I just made myself say that. That was me. I said, mom, if you're really there, what do you do all day? Do you have a job? And I hear I'm a greeter. That did not come from me because I didn't know that was a thing. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And then I said, and I was like, at first it kind of gave me chills. And I'm like, okay, is this real? Is this real? Am I being crazy? Is this schizophrenia? Do I need to take some pills? Maybe go to a doctor? I don't know. So I kept going and I said, what's a greeter? She says, I greet people who don't have a loved one on the other side to greet them. Like maybe a child who doesn't know their family members. They're all, you know, the older. They're, 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 before they transition, they don't, they're very confused. They don't know where they are. right? Right. Or maybe just someone who has Alzheimer's or someone who, whatever it is, that doesn't have that strong connection. And she is like motherly and she just, come on, honey, come on, let's go. I'm here for you. I know you don't know me, but I'm here and I'm safe. And they just, and she has a blast doing it. And, she, and I could see her doing this. I can see her doing it. And it was her personality here, but on a different level than it was here. You know, she was all about making people comfortable and making people happy, but it was on her terms. Now there's no ego. It's just all about love up there. It's yes. all about love.
2: It's, yeah. I love that because so many things I want to hit on with that. I think the first thing is pointing out that I know I always try to tell people, you don't have to be considered psychic Mm-mm. to open. We're all psychic. We're all gifted. We all have, we're born with these abilities. It's just some people, the door's wide open. Some people, it's a little or a crack. And it, even if the door's not quite open for people, you can't open that door. And that is a great way. I tell people, try meditating or talk to your to the people who have passed, just In your mind, you don't have to say it out loud, but just have those conversations. And with you, it goes from you saying something to answer yourself in your mind to, wait, I didn't, I don't think I did that. And and this (laughs) is the thing that's so difficult for people is trusting the information. I tell- everyone with hypnotherapy, you have to trust the information that comes to you because it might not make sense. It might seem crazy. It might be kind of bits of everything everywhere that you have to sort out, but it comes for a reason. And when you trust that information, you're allowing your mind, there's these little parts in our mind that we close off. And you open it up. And by trusting it, you open it even more. And a lot of, even myself, am I crazy? Like, am I really, you know, talking to my Grammy? Or am I just crazy? I think part of it is because, especially now, people are made to think that if other people can't comprehend what you're going through, then it's not real. So right. think about people with fibromyalgia, people who've like, I had Lyme disease and I struggled with pain and I was told by mm-hmm. doctors, well, we don't know what it is. Nobody said Lyme. They're just like, oh, well, your pain, it, it got to the point where it's probably just in your head. Oh, great. And and yeah. we're made to think these things are in our head and it's not real, but it is. My pain was real. My neuropathy was real.
3: And the only way I knew it was real, is I didn't come up with that. I couldn't have come up with that. That's how I, that gives it validity. Yes. When I, when I, I'm a greeter, I would, I would never have come up with that.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's the thing you have to know, like you have to know yourself and you have to be able to say, I know myself. I know my body. I know my mind. And I know what is right. I know what is real. And when you have enough strength and faith within yourself to do that, you can say, okay. So when you want to talk to loved ones who have passed, if you want to open up those psychic abilities, you just have to do that work, but you have to trust yourself. And you did that. And I get so excited because I feel like it's such a good example for anyone listening to this to say, whoa, anyone can do it?
3: you're doing it. You did it. Yeah. You make a good point about trusting yourself because my, my friend, Christina, you know, the psychic medium, she said, listen, she said, that's the hardest thing I can teach anybody. And she teaches people this too. And she says, and you are far above that. And it's honestly, the only reason I trusted myself is because I remember the things she says to me. And I'm like, there's no way I could have come up with that. That's how I know. That's what I started to trust myself. Cause I was like, do you like see Marilyn Monroe? What do you, what? She goes, honey. And she said, honey, it's it's not like a conversation. It's more of a download. It's more of just a telepathy kind of understanding. But I can, I can tell you basically what it was. She said, honey, we're not like that here. No one is above anybody. No one's a movie star. No one's a star. Everybody's the same. We all love and light. That's all this is. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, can you do, can you like go to a, go, go on your sailboat. Can you, and she says, if I want to, I can do anything I want up here. It's free will too. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So do you see, cause she was married, she was married to my real dad. They divorced. You'll find that out later why they did. Then she married my stepdad who I adored. He died before her. I was like, well, do you see Bill? And she goes, oh, we we're hang, we hang out all the time. That was her, she, He was her soulmate. They loved each other so much. And I'm like, well, what do you do up there? She goes, we go sailing, we go to Europe, we do all these things. And I'm like, well, how do you greet if you do that too? And she goes, honey, I can be everywhere, anywhere at all times. And I'm like, why the hell am I here? No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, and what you're saying just... It, it helps me because I, with hypnotherapy, I had a session where I connected with my soul and I was shown what we are. I saw a source and it's like these intricate spider webs all spread out and we're all connected yeah. and we can be everywhere at once. Even now I'm physically here, but there are parts of me doing other things and because time Absolutely. isn't linear. And it's hard to do it in the 3D world, but once we pass... We're able to do it all. We can be multiple places at once.
3: Exactly, exactly. And you know, we we're so in a box down here. Yes. We're so confined to this three D meat sack reality, yes. and and we're supposed to live and be human. We're supposed to make mistakes and do all the things. We came here for a reason. We're supposed to. That was why we wanted to be human. And but I was like, I asked her, I said, if if it's so wonderful up there, why would we want to come back? Why? And she says, honey, after a while, you want contrast. You want to understand because, you know, bliss is amazing and it's wonderful. And you can also like heal your shadow side. You can do all the things up there you can do on earth, but you can't experience it like you can when you're human. You can't, if there's no comparison, there's a line of people that would love to be in your place and be human and incarnate. There's, there's so many people waiting to incarnate. And she said, it's just, it's, we are we are the galaxy show right now everybody watches this in every galaxy all the other people that are extraterrestrials i believe that there are plenty of other people extraterrestrials whatever you want to call them that watch us too and so but we would have these conversations and i was just like blown away because i was just like okay so mom i kind of feel it feels like you're more like you didn't pass away you're more like the incredible invisible woman you're right here you didn't really leave me, and she goes, "I never left you. I never left your siblings, and my siblings are so engrossed in their own little religion or whatever, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Th- that served them, and that's okay, because it that's just not my journey. That's their journey, and that's how I have to look at it. That's their journey. That's how they wanted to come down. Some people want to come down and be, they think connected to the source, and they're not. They're connected to a construct." They're connected to something that's keeping con- them in control, and that's okay. And I don't—that's just my opinion. Yeah. It may not be very popular, but I know the difference because I talked to my mom, and she says, "Honey, God slash source has nothing to do with religion. Nothing to do with religion." We were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago because Alex and I
2: both went to funerals, two different funerals separately, and we were talking about. The freedom of spirituality versus the yeah. constructs of religion and yes. if, if that's what helps people if that's what works for them that's totally oh, fine wow. yeah but it's kind of like it, it's tough because when you're not like that but you say like yeah. i i i am close to source or god and sure. then very religious people look at you and judge because they don't comprehend it they don't grasp that because it's so different but that's
3: okay but i well my might- I I'm all about God and Jesus. I think Jesus was amazing ascended master. I think he, I don't know. We're all the son and daughters of God. So I don't know about the whole, that part of it, but I do believe he walked the earth. I do believe he was amazing. I don't think he wanted to be worshiped. Mm. I don't think that was part of the deal with him. I just think he was all about love and light and God. And that's all I talk about is love and light and God. And if that isn't Christian, I don't know what is. <laughs> I know. Well, that's you know,
2: the
1: thing. Yeah, right.
2: I think I think we're all here to help each other, and that's part of the thing that I love about your podcast and Jennifer Holtz with Curious Cat and Karen Vontausky with Paranormal Karen and us. And, and all these other podcasters out there who are giving platforms for other people, not only for them to share their thoughts and their experiences, but giving a platform for other people to share their experiences, yeah. their thoughts, because that's, I think that's the way to do it is learn from each other and even though if we might not agree with somebody or we have some different opinions, it's like we're putting that information out there so we can grow and learn and hopefully help each other. When you were on the Curious Cat podcast with our friend Jennifer Holtz, you were talking near-death experiences yeah. and talked about coming, what it's like coming back and what mm-hmm. it feels like for somebody. And that metaphor of getting all dirty and gross and then like going to take a shower and feeling good and putting those gross, dirty clothes back on. And I I had a friend, because I was, I, your conversation brought up something that happened not too long before with a friend of mine with a deja vu experience that it was like yeah. we were in different time, like we were there, but we were also experiencing a different timeline and happening at the same yeah. time. And it just, it, I, I was like, you need to listen to this, to the show and she's like, Oh my gosh, it, it hit her because she said it made so much sense. Even though she didn't have a near death experience, she just talked about how much it resonated with her and feeling like wanting to go home because this isn't home per se. And it made such an effect. And these conversations ripple out for anyone to hear And you might not even realize the help you're giving somebody. It's like without having to physically be there, just by recording a conversation you're helping people. You're making people feel less alone. Jen had Derek from Mystical Wares on his show and he talked about how he sees little like sparkles of white light. I never heard anyone mention that. I was listening to it in my car like starting to cry because when I was little that's what I would see when I would see spirit and fay. "But I, I you know, you're little, you don't get, you just know you like it." And ah. to hear somebody else say that. It's like, I'm not crazy. Again, trusting yourself, but it helps when you have somebody else talk about it.
3: Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm here to spread awareness, whether it's a near death experiencer or someone that left a cult or whatever, there's better things you can do to help yourself. Like, but when it comes to near death experiencers, I want to spread awareness. You don't have to be afraid to die. I I don't want to die anytime soon but I'm not gonna be so afraid of it because I did something wrong or I'm gonna to go to hell or hell does not exist. And I can tell you that for sure. Cause I talked to my dad and he should have gone to hell mm. and he didn't go to hell, but he went somewhere where he, and I'll tell you about that in a minute, but whenever you guys want to talk about it, but, but for months I talked to my mom. Well, actually for a couple of years now, I've talked to my mom and finally I said, mom, I'm, I feel so much closer to you and I, in, the, in the afterlife. And she goes, well, I do too. I mean, I think this is what we had to do. We stopped a trend of, of an, an issue where I was a little bit more absent because she was pillar to post child too. She had that kind of lifestyle. So she was a nomad. She was all over the place and I'm not. And she goes, you stopped it, but you also are are making amends with me and we're talking about it and we're getting closer and we're doing almost the shadow work that we could, and it's facing everything together. Me up here, you down, me up, she calls it me upstairs, you down here, and keep talking about it, keep telling people what we talk about, keep explaining to people that just near death experiencers, I'm telling you, they go, let, let's say one person was on an operating table. And she said, Leslie, this is Vicki Button. She said, Leslie, when I was on the operating table, I felt myself watching down and I saw all the doctors and nurses. I knew every single thing about that doctor. I knew why he was a doctor. I knew how many kids he had. I knew his hopes, his dreams. I knew what day he played golf. That nurse, I know that she just suffered a dog that just passed away. Her husband was cheating on her. She was a wreck, but she was giving it all to get her mind off of this. And I was like, what? She goes, it's amazing how much you know. It's we're all connected. We're all connected. We are all yes. one.
1: Okay, now I want to hear about everything with your dad. Okay. Please. If if you don't mind yeah. getting into that.
3: No, I don't mind getting into it. So, my parents were married. We, they had four kids. I was the youngest. My sister was the oldest. There's two boys in between. So, my dad, they moved all over the place cuz he would lose jobs or whatever and they'd get a house and then they he'd lose a job. So, it's I was all over the place. It was in Kansas though, at the time. I I was brought up in Kansas, believe it or not. Born and raised in Topeka. And anyway, my mom worked as a nurse at night. So he would be with us at night. That was the first problem that he was with us at night because my mom wasn't there. So he had access to my sister and I. I don't have to go into detail. Y'all know what that means. Mm -hmm. When you have access to young girls and you are a very sick person, things can happen. Mm -hmm. It started with my sister first for years. And we wondered why she was getting a phone in her room or she was getting, you know, extra stuff and he was bribing her. So she wouldn't tell, but then he started coming toward me and my sister knew, and she kind of helped stop it, but he did some damage, nothing like her, but he did damage. Right. I mean, you're abused. So, and then he would just beat my brothers when they got in trouble. He would just, beat the crap out of them you know just take his belt and just beat the crap out of him so he was a sick man so my mom when she found out about my sister she didn't know because she worked at night she didn't know she finally found out my mom i don't think there was a quicker divorce in the universe mm-hmm. she divorced him so fast that it it separated all of us my mom took me, me and my sister and my youngest brother my oldest youngest brother and my oldest brother just kind of went off on his own bless his heart he was so lost and, but he was old, you know, cause I was probably 11 or 12. So my sister would have been 16. We were like, boom, 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 boom. Like she was four years older and she was the oldest. If that tells you there's three between. My mom mm-hmm. just right after the other. So my brother in a way, in his mind, he was old enough to 15 year old. My oldest brother was old enough to go on his own. So he went on his own and my sister and I and my brother went with my mom. Well, my mom, you know, she was trying to make it work and do all the things. So I never had contact with my dad again. I didn't want to talk to him. I did see him one time after that, and I just I just, I just, didn't like it. I hated him. I hated everything he stood for, and he had his family convinced he never did anything. It was just terrible, and I didn't really know any extended part of my family. I only knew my parents. I didn't know my mom's even side, and I'll tell you about that later. There's a Heaven's Gate connection to that. So... <laughs> got the grand tour oh i love it keep going i mean it's
2: heartbreaking but i feel like you telling the story is going to help a lot of people
3: i do too i do too so we have no connection so but my oldest brother my dad ended up moving to sacramento california and my oldest brother moved out there with him so they were kind of connected he wouldn't let my brother live with him my brother would like be homeless and go hop in someone's pool to take a shower and then go to school. I mean, it was terrible. It was awful. It was just terrible. But he kept in touch with him. So finally, I think, in like, I think, I'm not sure. I think in 2018, my dad passed away of colon cancer. This is just what my brother told me. And my brother, because of how he was brought up, there's sometimes you don't know if it's true or not. You know, yeah. it's just, but I do, I know he passed away and I think it was colon cancer. So that's all I know. When I was talking to my mom, you know, we've been working on everything. I said, you know, mom, um, Mike told me after you died, that dad died. And we were just talking one day. She goes, you know, you can talk to him. I said, I don't want to talk to the son of a bitch. I don't want to talk to him. Why would I want to talk to him? Now, in my mind, I forgave him because i it's better for me. Blah, 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 blah. You think, oh, I forgave him. Woo-hoo-hoo. Lucky me, you know. Well. After I talked to mom and she said, you know, you can talk to him. I had the um, Pete, the, the uh, blue collar spiritual healer on mm-hmm. my podcast, and he did a little healing on me because he said, do you have some tightness in your, in your shoulders? And I was like, I do. And he goes, the right side, goes, this is how I read it. The right side of your shoulders, your dad, that's kind of your parents. Right side, your pa- your dad, the left side, your mom. And It's always right here on my right. So this is my right side, right here, mm-hmm. tight. My, my husband would work it out like all the time, really tight bad. Like it was tension, headache, bad. And it was years. I am not kidding you. When he talked to me and said, okay, breathe through this. I'm going to, I feel it now. I'm going to, I'm going to have you do this. Just take some breaths. He did what he did. It took like a minute. It was gone. And I, people think, Oh, come on, come on. I don't know how to explain it. It was gone. gone.
1: And how long had you had this for?
3: Oh, you years, 10 years. I mean, I, maybe longer. I mean, there, you know what I'm talking about? There's always tightness right here. You, yeah. don't, you don't talk. Oh, yeah. always mm-hmm. and it, it, you don't notice it until you sit down and you're watching Netflix and you're like, dang, man, honey, can you work
2: this out? You finally <sighs> relax at the end of the day. And that's when your yeah. body
3: is like, okay, I'm going
2: to show you everything that you, that hurts now, everything that's wrong. I-
3: and you're like, I'll just take some Advil or whatever. And I'm, I'm not a big Advil or anything taker. I just don't take anything. So I just sit there in the pain and he gave me a glass of wine. We do so, the same anyway. thing. We don't take anything. Right? <laughs> so, but to this day. So I was like, huh. And I and, and I hear my mom, while he's doing it, you can talk to him, you know. She knew something was up. And I was like, damn it. All right. I'll talk to him tonight. I'll see if I can talk to him. So I tried a couple of nights, I didn't get anything. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to just go in and go, oh, it's so easy. You can do it. You gotta, you gotta give it some time. You gotta do the work. Know, you gotta do the work, right? And so I was like, okay. And I said, Mom, maybe you should help me. She goes, nope, you do this on your own. I'm not helping you with this. I can't. And I said, Well, where is he? I said, because I'm not getting anything. And she goes, he's not where I am. And I said, can you see him? She goes, if I wanted to visit him, I could. She goes, but I don't want to go there. He's on a level where I am not what okay and she goes but if i wanted to i could see him she goes just keep trying so i finally about literally about five days into it husband's asleep next to me after four seconds and and I, i'm starting to you know try to talk to my dad i hear my mom say uncross your legs because <laughs> you know i'm laying there you know crossing my leg you know and I'm, okay mom
2: because were you being can...
3: closed off by doing well, that a this and your legs are crossed you know you're laying flat on your back your legs are crossed. she goes "Uncross your legs I'm Like, okay I guess that cuts things off I don't know finally I say dad because I said I don't I, for years I never called him dad after he, I, I always called him Gene mm-hmm. I didn't like I didn't like calling him dad but finally I just said dad are you there and I hear yes I'm here I said where are you he goes I'm not where your mom is and I'm like I know she told me and I said, where are you? He goes, I'm in solitary confinement. And I was like, what? What do, you, what do you mean solitary confinement? He goes, that's where I am. And I said, well, describe it. Are you just in a black room? He goes, yes. He goes, I can hear people talking. I can hear people crying, but we can't communicate with each other. And I said, why? He goes, because this is, this is where I need to be. And I said, do you feel source? Do you feel guiding?" Because I feel source all over me, all around me. I said, okay, and that was all I got. I didn't go any further because it was wicking me out a little bit. Talked to mom the next day and I said, mom, what was that all about? And she said, she said, he's put himself there. You guys still have a contract. and And she made it sound like we had a contract and he was supposed to maybe do this. And I was supposed to learn Ultimate forgiveness, and he was supposed to understand that he could never ever do this again. Because there was a derail there with him. There was a derail. I don't think he was supposed to do all the things he did. Mm-hmm. I think he was. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think there was a little bit of element there, but he took it way too far. It's yeah. So and he, he's punishing himself. He's mm-hmm. like paying penance or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So the next night, I asked him, and I, I it was really fast. And I said, "Are you there?" And he said, "Yes." And I said. I've forgiven you. I thought I had, but now I really do forgive you. I don't want you in solitary. It's kind of like you feel bad for them, even though you don't, you shouldn't. You know what I mean? God dang it, you did this to me, dang it. You know, but I'm like, it's not helping me. Yeah. I stay pissed off all the time. Because there's that thing in my back. There's a thing there, you know, and it's all gone now. So I got to let that go. So Mm -hmm. I said, I'm (laughs) letting it go. He said, I said, does that help you? He goes, that helps me tremendously. That will get me out of here this level. And I said, okay, but let me, I'm going to have you do something for me. I want you to go back to that little girl that you abused. And I want you to hold her like a father should. And I want you to protect her like a father should and tell her you're sorry. And you do better and you do it right. And he said, I'll good do that for, you, for you, by the way, <laughs>
2: good for you uh, for doing that.
3: Well, I remember how it felt and, you know, you think, well, how do you do that? Because, you know, it's kind of that Reiki thing where mm-hmm. you can go back and you know, and I just, I don't know where that came from. I just said, I want you to go back and do this. I want you to give you an assignment. You're not going to sit there and wallow in this. I want you to do something now for me. And he said, when I asked him to do that a couple weeks later, cause he was still, he goes, I'm no longer in solitary confinement. I have absorbed back into the light. Oh. And I was like, and I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I talked to Christina. She goes, "Oh, it's absolutely a thing. He's still healing, but now he's allowed himself to get out of that hell hole. He put himself there because God didn't do that to him. He did it to himself. Yeah, because he was, you know, no one judges anybody but yourself. You're the, you're your worst judgment and a judger. And he he finally, you know, he and I said because I asked him before he told me he was going. He um, went absorbed into the light. I said did you go back? And he goes, I went back and I did exactly what you wanted to do. And I said, I'm telling you, because none of this came back. None of this came back. Okay. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's insanity how this worked. And when I start talking to people about it, they were like, you need to talk about this. You need to talk about this. And I'm like, I go, okay. I didn't know that it was such a big deal. Cause in my mind, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just healing myself. Right. Yeah. But maybe if I can help someone else, because as bad as you hate these people, as much damages they did to you they are not the same on the other side they do not have an ego they do not have an agenda on the other side all they are is love and light being a human can screw you up Mm -hmm. and you fix it you can either make it better or you can just come back and do the same shit over and over and over again Mm -hmm. until you get it right exactly and i'm not yeah i don't want to do that i want to keep learning and i wouldn't mind coming back if it's about learning and helping and spreading awareness but i want to come i don't want to come back and have to endure the BS yeah. that we all have to endure because we have to get over something in our family or in our lineage or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to, I want to help people, you know?
2: It's so interesting. The story, what, what you're saying your father went through because I've heard stories about people doing life between lives with hypnotherapy. Um, yeah. Some of my clients and what's so interesting. Anytime I do a past life regression, we always, at the end, we go to the death scene and then mm. at the death scene, you know, I have them experience once they're out of the body and then I say, okay, now are you above the body? Are you next to the body? You know, where are you? And they'll say, yeah. and are you alone or people with you? And they'll say, and then it's like, so it's interesting though, because it's almost like a total personality shift. Yes. Whatever was going on, they get there and like, huh, they feel better. There's like no no burdens anymore. The yeah. emotion, it's weird. It's it's like the emotion is gone, but it's more of that dramatic emotion. And people have said, I don't know what my problem was. It's like they realize, like, whoa. They they it's like night and yeah. day because here <laughs> we have so much emotion. And once you cross over and it's just like it's you're unburdened by it. But you still have yeah. feeling, you still care, you still love. And there, I've heard stories about people like um, one woman when I was learning hypnotherapy and life between lives, like one woman was like, I had to go into a tree to heal because her life was so hard. And so she wow. went and she had to go into a tree to heal her. Like her soul had to go into a tree and heal for so long. And people have these different experiences. So what one person experiences isn't the same as somebody else, but you're talking about your dad who was put in this solitary confinement. And I, I take it as this was the way he had to work on healing himself. Like this was yeah. his way of doing it and listening to to what you're saying. It it sounds so sad, but it's like everything is done for a purpose. And by it him is. being there, you, you know, and you talking to your mom and then being able to connect with him and do all this healing and your strength to say, you need to go back. The yeah. insight that, you don't even realize you might have that comes through in these situations is so incredible and it just shows how strong you are and it's oh it's so well, inspiring you
3: guys, you guys have kids yes you know how when you look back and you go I can't believe my parents let me do that I can't yeah. believe they would do it that way and so 50-ish year uh, year old me goes, you know what? No, I'm not some 25-year-old kid or nine-year-old kid or eight-year-old kid you can mess around with. Mm -hmm. I'm a mom now, and I know what's right and wrong, and you're going to do what I want you to do, and this is what you need to do. And it's almost like I was his parent for a minute, but he totally agreed to it. Mm -hmm. He totally agreed to it, and I know he did it because I don't understand how I don't still have this back here. I don't understand it. It's one thing when he got rid of it, which motivated me to talk to my dad in the first place, because my mom said, you can talk to him, you Mm -hmm. know, but that it's still gone makes me know he did the work. And I know you can't always compute those two things together, but I know, because I'm telling you, it never came back. It never came back ever. I don't have it anymore. And I'm telling you, I carry so much trash in my neck and my shoulders, always not my jaw. I learned my lesson on that. I taught myself how not to clench my teeth and It's so funny how I did that. I mean, my, I, I felt a, heard a, to, a tooth crack and that was all it took. <sighs> and that was it. And I stopped clenching my jaw. I mean, I literally don't do that anymore, but I could never get rid of this. I could never get rid of it. And now I know it was because of him. Yeah. It was because he did that for me. And I told him, I said, thank you for doing that. And, you know, and I told him I forgive it. Oh, and when, before he, when he was solitary confinement, sometimes I would say, hey mom, can I talk to you and dad? She goes, I don't want, I'm. my contract is done with him. I don't want to talk to him right now. He's mm-hmm. not, I don't want to talk to him together. You do us individually, is mm-hmm. what she said. And I thought that was odd. Now she's okay with him being absorbed. Now she's okay if I group them together and talk to each two of them both. And Isn't that's, that fun? That's
2: oh, wow. so interesting. And I have a comment on that, but why don't we stop and take a break really quick? Yeah. And we'll be right back.
0: Hey, you. Yes, you. Are you looking for a new podcast that appeals to your scientific curiosity, but is also a little bit spooky?
2: Show me how I died in a past life.
0: Well, look no further, because this cat is where it's at.
2: He had concerns about the ethics surrounding AI, feeling they had achieved consciousness.
0: Curious Cat Podcast examines the shadowy space where science and the supernatural collide. Listen every week with your host, Jennifer Hotz, as she and her guests explore what it means to be a soul in a meat suit. We were healing karma together. They were all kind of predestined to to resolve something. Listen on all your favorite streaming apps and continue the conversation on Twitter at CuriousCatPodCA or find Jennifer and all her links at JenniferLHotz.com spelled H-O-T-E-S dot com.
2: All right, we're back. So you were saying how your mom couldn't, didn't want to come down, so to speak, to talk to your dad until he did that work. And I think that it's so interesting. Years ago, I met with a psychic Reiki master who helped me tremendously. And the way she put it, for me, what I was doing with my energy, she said, Monique, you're so high up here. And then you come down and you help people. And then you go back up and your beautiful little garden all of a sudden has a rock in it that you trip over. And you're like, hey, where did that rock come from? And then you come back down and you help these people. And then you go up. And all of a sudden there's a big mud puddle. And you're like, whoa, because you're bringing yourself down, but then you bring it back up with you. And when you were saying with your mom and your dad, how she didn't want to, you know, come down. It made so much sense to me because I get that. I get Mm -hmm. lowering your vibration. And sometimes you have to realize I can't for myself do that without bringing, bringing some shit up. And when you're in a space like your mom is, you really can't do that. And it makes so much sense to me. And I just think, like, that must be hard, too, because you yeah. want to, but you also know that you can't. And and to have to explain that, too, it's, it can be so difficult.
3: Yeah, because I was, you know, you just made a, a good point because, you know, I never, this is the first time I've really thought about this, have my mom and my dad worked it out. Mm-hmm. I literally just thought of that.
1: I was going to ask you that, if if that, okay, so so we obviously, you don't know that yet. But. I'll,
3: I'll have to I'm getting something right now. She said, we're working on it. She just said that to me. We're working on it. I wonder
2: if it was you had to do this work, this kind of root work for her to be able to get to that point.
3: And it's not like I'm so cool. It's just I think I just got the ball rolling. I mean, eventually maybe it would have happened or whatever, but I just think I got the ball rolling because I'm at the point in my life where I don't want to be pissed off at someone for the rest of my life. It doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve them. It doesn't do any good. All it does is make me pissed off about something that happened in my life. And instead of hiding it and never talking about it, because we could never talk about it ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. so embarrassing. Oh My God, we can't. Oh, my my mom was just mortified, which of course she'd be mortified. Yeah. So we never, 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 ever talked about it ever. So for me to be talking about this, even in my 50s, it's weird. Because yeah. I was forbidden to talk about this. If I can
2: ask, what about your siblings? Like, where are they with this? I mean, they're obviously, you had mentioned they have religion. They have their own thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. But do you know in terms of like your your father's <laughs> healing, you're working with him and it's helping. But what about your siblings? It's
3: a good question. I did tell him, I said, I also, when he told me he did it, I said, I also want you to go back for my siblings and do the work for them too. Go back, hold them, be the dad you should have been be the, you know, tell him you're sorry or whatever. He goes, don't I need their permission? I said, you never need someone's permission to be the father you should have been in the first place. So I don't know if he went back at all, mm. but I their their box is so closed that I don't think that they will never be where I am in the way of spirituality. And that's not a slam. Their religion serves them and their religion helps them. And so I will never, ever, ever say anything bad about that. That is their that is their journey. And I respect it tremendously. Mm -hmm. They don't see me as someone that is, goes to church and all that. They, they, I don't think they see me as a bad person. I just don't, I'm their little sister. Oh, you're an author. Okay. Whatever. Oh, you're a podcaster. Okay. You know, so, and I just, and my sister lives in Florida. My other brother lives in Virginia. My other brother lives in Alabama. We don't, we don't talk much. So, and it's sad, but you know, when the parents broke up, it broke up the whole family, so we just we just don't talk much, and we're just not really close at all. But the reason being is because I would never, they would never be my friends either. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean it like, oh, I would, I want anything bad to happen. It's just like we're on different planets. Yeah. I'm on a different planet than they are, compared to how they think and how they live their life, and we have nothing in common. And I wish them all very, very well, but we just don't have a lot in common. So. Wherever they are, you know, if they ever want to talk to me about it, that's another thing. But I, no, I don't think any of them would, no. I I truly hope
2: for your entire family that your dad does or has done the work. And they. I hope that they feel that. And I hope even if it takes for them to cross over, they're able to do that healing together. I too. I, I truly hope that.
3: It really messed my brothers up, uh, not, and he didn't do the same thing to my brothers. He just beat them or whatever, but he neglected all of us too. Like he just disappeared, no child support, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. And so, and denied it all and just lived a different, and he ended up marrying his stepsister and she had children,
0: mm-hmm.
3: little girls. So you could only imagine yeah. what this man did. I don't know about, so no wonder he's in solitary. he was in solitary confinement. And I didn't ask him, cause that wasn't my question. Mm-hmm. I I'm here to talk about me and you. So I didn't ask him about that because I'm not here to judge him on that. You know, it's just not my it, that wasn't my my journey with him. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> wow yeah.
3: that that's such it's so incredible
2: and I hope for everyone hearing this they they realize that no matter how much trauma mm. they face in life, there's always healing that's available to them. And it's again, it's hard because. I think sometimes people are afraid of the work, but when you hear stories like this and you realize like, yes, it can be work, but it's, it's not necessarily grueling. It's just, you have to be ready and you had to get, it sounds like you had to get built up to that point to talk to your dad it wasn't like oh I talked to my mom let me go talk to my dad like you had to have all these things happen to get there and I think that's usually how it is for people it's not an instant like I'm gonna do this and be healed it's it's a continuous path of steps little steps leading to it
3: um already I would never have thought to even think of talking to my dad yeah but because I forged the way to talk to my mom and literally talk to her mm. and just communicate with her. And it's never for very long. It's only like 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. It's never that long. And I get really tired after I talk to her because I'm just, it's just all, there's a lot of work mentally involved. So has she not said, you can talk to him? Because I know she was pushing me to talk to him, but she knew it would help me. Yeah. And, but she asked her, I said, are you, do you, when you go see this, my siblings, what do you do with them? She goes, I just, I'm there for them. They talk to me. I wish they knew that they could talk to me and I would talk back to them, you know, and communicate with them. They don't understand it like you do, but that's okay. I'm there and I help them. And I, I, you know, it's, she's, she's like almost a guide, I think in some ways to them too. You know how like you think, oh wait, I got this thing. I got to go. Bye. And it's all of a sudden, you know, it's there. She's there like that for them. You know, she's in that respect for them. And that's good. And I'm glad. And she, she loves it. And I asked her, I said, are you going to come back? Cause you know, we all have a higher self up there and we're all little fragments of our higher self. Yeah. And I said, are you going to come back? Are you going to come back? And she goes, Nope, I'm waiting for you. I'm like, okay. So I guess we're going to incarnate again. together."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know that with past lives, I like my own personal past life regressions I've done, There are the people who are the soul family, you know, the soul tribe. And whether you're often family or like you come in together, like even Alex, I did a past life regression and I just like, I focused my intention on why am I the way I am? And it went back to before I even incarnated on earth and Alex was there and we didn't look anything like we look now, but I could feel him. And it oh, yeah. was him and he was like, he was like kind of my partner, my best friend. And it was so cool. And in different past life regression, my mom was there and she was my aunt in that life. But it's, it's so cool because I think that you won't have everyone at the same time always, but you will have them with you. And I, how yeah. you said that you're going to wait or how she's going to wait for you. it It's so nice because... It's almost, it, to me, it comes off as just comforting knowing like she's a greeter. So the people that don't have yeah. anyone there and it's like, but she's going to be there to greet you, you know, when, oh, that, yeah. when that happens <laughs> it, to me, I, th- I think it's so beautiful and kind of exciting. It's like, you don't have to be afraid of death. That's something I've learned is I'm not afraid of dying. I think the hardest thing is the people you leave behind.
3: Absolutely. I told Randy, my husband, I was like, you know, when we go, we're just going to have to go like they go- they went in the notebook. We're going to hold hands and we're just going to go together. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. He's like, okay, because I don't <laughs> want to be here without you and you don't want to be here without me because I've been married to the man 27 years. And he's like, the, he thinks all of this is a bunch of garbly goop, but he supports me and thinks it's great and, and so proud of me and thinks, I mean, I think I've changed his mind a little bit, but not, he's agnostic. He's yeah. more like that. And that's okay. And I said, when we go, hopefully it's together, but if you go before me or whatever, you'll go, oh, you're right. And I'm going, I know,
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I always say like Alex and I, like us going together, holding hands and yeah. like that, that's kind <laughs> of that our, one. like, if if we could write our own and it's like, man, if, if I could write it out, but whatever happens, happens and it is what it is. But, and, and that's something I try to like, teach our kids like don't be afraid of it like plants die animals die it's just part of
3: worrying about it you're wasting valuable time and you live your life every day and I asked my mom because she lost her sister before she passed away but I asked her one of her because she had her mom had different children with different men Mm -hmm. and which is fine so she had half sisters. She did have a whole sister, then she had a half sister. That's the one that died in Heaven's Gate. Mm. She was one of the ones that committed suicide in Heaven's Gate. So can yeah. you get
2: into that a little bit more? Can you yeah. tell us about yeah.
3: that? Well, because I asked her about Judy, that was her sister's name. I don't know if you guys know about Heaven's Gate. Apple uh, Marshall Applewhite led Heaven's Gate. He um, thought that there was going to be a, well, it wasn't like this at first. The reason he became a cult member is because he got he was friends with Betty Nettles, and she was a nurse, and she was all about the metaphysical and all this alien stuff, and they're going to take us away on a ship, and, and he was so unaccepted by his own dad. His dad was a pastor, and yeah. he was gay, and he was not accepted in the 50s. That was not what you do. Mm-hmm. So anybody that took him in and thought he was amazing, Betty did. They didn't have a relationship like that, but they had a very close relationship like, you're amazing. You can sing. You you you're. Let's let's do this together. Let's start this little thing and let's have people talk to us, and do this little religious thing. And at first, it probably wasn't as bad as the, it's, as it became. And so in California, my my grandmother Lorraine Snelson, and I can say her name because she's gone too. She joined the group, and she, and she got her daughter Judy in the group. My mom's half sister, and then my mom's other sister Sharon got in the group. And they go all around the country trying to gain all these all these people to come into the group. Hey, give us your life savings. We're, we're going to conquer the world. You guys, we're gonna we're gonna not have sex anymore. We're gonna change our hair. We're all gonna wear the same clothing. We're gonna all eat at the same time. We're all gonna have you know you can't go anywhere. You can't have any communication with your family. That's a cult. Yeah, that's a cult. So it got to that point anyway. And I'm I'm really paraphrasing this because I know this is not really what we came to talk about, but. Lorraine got kind of older and decided to leave the group. And then Sharon, my mom's full sister, left the group. But Judy was so indoctrinated. Now, she left as husband and two small kids mm. to join this group. And I only met her, like, I think once. I used to sing in Dallas-Fort Worth. I used to be a little lounge singer. And she came to see, with my mom, she came to see me sing. And I was like, she looks like you. Who is this? You know, I didn't know her, you know, really. And yeah. she was very But that was the time that they had let everybody go home and uh, before they all decided to do the commit suicide. So Mm -hmm. they let everybody visit their families. We didn't know. No one knew that they were doing that. I did an episode with my cousin because she's never talked to the, no one. She's never talked to any news, no magazine, no nothing. She's never talked to anyone. She was approached. No, but no one's ever gotten an interview with her, but she talked to me on my podcast and her name is Cindy. And we talked all about it because I, I can't I can barely remember some of the crap that happened in my life cuz I was all over the place. Plus, I didn't know that much about my mom's extended family and I I barely knew where my mom was. So, knowing all this stuff I didn't know, all the details, she filled in some blanks and like I said that's on my podcast but long story short, Judy left, never came back. She had, we had she had the opportunity to leave And she was so indoctrinated. You become like Stockholm syndrome by then. Mm -hmm. You don't know that you, you can't live your life normal. You can't go back to that when you are so indoctrinated. She needed someone to tell her, this is what you do every day. And, and Cindy saw her journal. She goes, Leslie, they were so boring. I don't know why she stayed there. She, and I said, it's probably because she didn't want to think she wanted someone else to do it for her. And I, I swear sometimes we incarnate and we want, this sounds crazy, but sometimes I think when you're in your higher self and you're like, you know, I would really love to know what it would be to be in a cult, or I would really like to know what it would be to die of cancer, or I would really like to know what it would be to have a child die or whatever, right? Which is horrible. But when you're in your perfect state, there's no ego. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, I would love to learn this because we're all gathering kind of like, you know, uh, information and giving it to God or source <laughs> or whatever and Leslie's version is not going to be the same as Monique's version or Alex's version. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have the same version. So, let's get it all. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I think that sometimes we do that. And so she was one of the ones, one of the 39 that committed suicide in California mm-hmm. in the Heaven's Gate in 1997.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow.
2: It's interesting yeah. wow. cuz Karen and I were talking not too long ago about cults and yeah. the mindset. And I think you have to be a charismatic person to draw people in in the first place. Oh, yeah, You have to have the right kind of personality. But then to get them to stay, I think there's different things. There could be hypnotic parts to it that kind of get people in that. But you have to want it. There's a part of you that yeah. has to want it. And I, I think with what you said when you're planning this out, oh, and, you know, now, I want to know what it's like for this. It's like you. there has to be something that you're drawn to there to be able to stay because you and I could both be like, oh, this person seems so charismatic and they're interesting. Let's learn more about them. And one could be totally sucked into and the other one's like, yeah, no, this is, I, I'm good. This is my line.
3: But you're right though, Monique, because when the thing is, When you get a group of people, I don't care if it's just five or 10 or 20 people, but let's say it's 10. Because I think at one point it got really low and then they got more people again. She was still there then. You get enough people to really, really think the same way you do. It's kind of like our community. We all gravitate toward each other. I'm not saying we're in a cult, but we are drawn to each other. Mm -hmm. Alex and, and Monique, you know, all of us that feel this way about how source works mm-hmm. and you're way less of a victim when you understand that yeah. how source works. Right. I can see why they would all be like, Oh, okay. Well you believe this way. Okay. Well then we're right. You know, and I'm not saying I'm right. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm, right or not. I just know this is, this is my truth. It's and, what
2: feels right uh, to you. Right.
3: And that felt right to her. So I try not to judge it. I think it was horrible what happened. I think it was wrong. I think it, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened and she shouldn't have let it happen. But and people are like, "Well, you're victim blaming." And I'm like, "No. If you understand how it works, you're, it's never you know the Hitler thing. I mean, how horrible that he did all that, right? Mm-hmm. How horrible. What? He didn't go to hell? He went back and God was like, "What'd you learn? Why did you do that? You weren't supposed to do that, right?" And so, and they're but but all the millions of people that died. I I totally understand that. But And he may have derailed. I don't know. But I do think this uh, one guy that I interviewed that has studied so many new deaths. And I asked him about that. He said they all knew it was a possibility Mm -hmm. before they went in, all of them. And I'm like, really? He goes, yes, they all knew. And I was like, okay. And that's hard to swallow. Mm -hmm. That is hard to swallow. Still to this day, I have a hard time with that. But well, okay.
2: Yeah, and from what I've heard with Life Between Lives, like the people going through the experience, I haven't done a Life Between Lives, but the people who have, they talk about, like a lot of stuff is they go back and they do a review and it's not judgmental. And a lot of it is, huh, okay, I guess I could have done that better. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't, oh, I went off the rails or oh, I didn't I didn't get where I wanted to go. And there it's just a learning experience
3: to say, Remember this is what said? I set out. Exactly. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But I had, if I don't remember this, then I'll never say it. Yeah. When you die and you go up there, even if you come back, the near-death experiencers go, you go up there and you're just like, oh, God, it's not that serious down here. This is all just a play. It's yeah. not even real. Our reality and eternity with God is the real part. This is, this is just... I, I went out to the garden, got really sweaty, took a shower, took my clothes off, put them in a pile, took a shower. The last thing I want to do is put those clothes on. That's how you feel about your body. Yeah. I don't care. You just had a new baby. I don't care. You don't, nobody wants to come back. And they all say the other side's more real than here. Like I said, I don't want a victim blame because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we are here to learn, and there's going to be bad shit, yes. and there's going to be amazing shit and it just and honestly a lot of it has to do with your perspective and i'm not talking i'm not talking about people that have diagnosed depression i don't i don't mean that because that's i'm not explaining that away for them but for the people like you and i i don't even know if you're on anything but i'm just saying for the people like you and i that understand how it works i really truly do understand it. my mom has really made me understand there's no ego up here there's no agenda Everything down there, it's, it's, it's in a perfect procession. You may or may not like the president. You may not may or may not like the ex-president. You may or may not like any of them. I don't know. She goes, but they're all in place for a reason. One guy said, he said, when you go to a play and you all the plays and there's all the storyline and there's always a good guy, and there's always a villain. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the play, you clap for them all, <laughs> even the villain. But that's the thing.
2: Somebody has to be the villain. We come exactly. down here to learn, to escape, to get a if different finished, experience. Yeah. Exactly. If if this was just Eden and everything was perfect, we'd be just as bored. But that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize. So somebody has to be the villain sometimes. And There have been people who have done hypnotherapy where whether it's life between lives or just talking to their souls and they realize the contracts that they've made and they, you know, sometimes what people souls will do is switch and they'll say, okay, I had to do the bad thing last time. You know, now it's your turn and they help each other and, but sometimes it can be so taxing and sometimes it can go off the rails and and, and go way too far than it should. There's so many things that can happen
3: but free will go oh, yeah mm-hmm. but you know
2: mm-hmm. we can't all be the good guy all the time and when you look at it in like a very like come down in a very micro sense of it I think we're there are times where we're the bad guy even if you're a good person you're the bad guy sometimes and sometimes oh, you're the good guy in one lifetime. It's not your, your whole life. You're a villain or you're a perfect person. We all experience that duality within ourselves of the good and absolutely.
3: bad. I think there's some karma in there, too. Yeah, You know, some just have to work out karma. And, you know, whether you believe in that or not, I feel like you kind of do, too. You know, uh-huh. I'm sure Hitler had to come back and, and maybe not relive every single life that he ruined. But there's probably he's probably not living his best life right now if he had to come back. And if he didn't, you know. And
2: then there's the other flip side of that, of maybe it took such, maybe he's in solitary, you know. Maybe he's in his own place of purgatory, so to speak, where he has to work on that before he can even move on. So we don't, we don't know. And I think what's hard is with some people... The things that they do in life, no matter how hard it, hard, like hard it is, their soul feels that. It affects their soul. And it doesn't reflect the soul. It reflects the things that happened in this life.
3: And that's what my dad said. He said, and this is just the feeling I got from him. We didn't have this conversation, but I got this feeling from him when he got there and he realized he wasn't going to go to hell. mm mm-hmm. But, and he must've had a life review and he put himself in the solitary confinement. He was probably like, oh Jesus, you know, what did I do? How horrible, uh-huh. even beyond me, who knows? I didn't have contact with him. So I know just what he did to my sister and I, he deserved where it was yeah. in my mind. Cause that's my human saying, you deserved it. You, uh, uh, you know, you deserve to be there. They, you hurt have... me. I want you to feel that hurt. A- Absolutely. You want them to hurt. You want them to pay for it. Yeah. But then when I came back, it's kind of like my girlfriend said uh, the other day, she said, you know, I was watching Midnight Mass. And there's this guy that shot a gun up in the air in this movie and it ended up going through a little girl's back. And um, she grew up being paralyzed and she found where he lived and he lived in this decrepit trailer and he was in active addiction and just horrible. And she walks in, she starts throwing things at him, saying, I hate you. I hate you. And then he was like, I'm sorry. And he didn't mean to do it. But still, he hurt this little girl years ago, and he's just ducking from things she's throwing, and finally she realizes this isn't helping, and I now feel really sorry for you, and I forgive you, and that's how I felt about my dad.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: When he stays in solitary confinement, I was like, I, I actually feel empathy for you, and if you can get to that point of doing that for your your villain in your story, that's some serious shadow work right there, guys. Absolutely. Um, I feel so much better. There's a weight lifted off of me. And, you know, some people, people get sick from having so much trauma in their lives. Absolutely. You can get sick from it. Yes. I I always, I talk
2: about forgiveness with my clients, you know, on podcasts and everything, because I think it's so important not to carry that burden. And you don't forgive somebody for them you do it for you and the best metaphor that I can try to give people like that makes it a little easier to I guess comprehend is if a wolf tries to eat you well you can forgive the wolf because it's a wolf it's its nature right but you're not going to forget that the wolf wants to eat you yeah it's when you forgive and forget That's when you open yourself up for the wolf to eat you again. And that's the difference that I try to explain to people. You can forgive and let it go because that's who they are. That's how they are. You don't have to forget what they did and say, it's okay. You go on knowing that's how they are. And I know how to guard yeah. myself and protect myself from that. But I don't have to hold any, any ill will inside because of it. And you can move right. forward. And I think that's really important because so many people think when I forgive, that means everything's okay. That means that what they did was okay. And that's not forgiveness. True. That's not what forgiveness is. It's about letting it go so you can move on.
3: I mean and I you know in my mind oh I forgave him but i didn't because of this because mm-hmm. of this right that that was my that was just my personal thing and then when he showed me it could go away and then my mom goes you can talk to him you know I was like all right something's going on here <laughs> let me go talk to him you know and that and that totally gone mm-hmm. you, you understand years years of this mm-hmm. gone yeah no Tightness, nothing, not at all. I can, you know, my head, nothing, no problem at all.
2: But I bet you can, you could feel the difference when you said in your, like, you think I forgive him. But when you actually really forgave him, there was a difference. There was a shift that you felt.
3: I forgave him, but I think I was healed. Mm -hmm. That was the ultimate thing that happened. I actually talked to him and I said, I forgave you, or at least I think I did. Mm -hmm. Because I don't hold on to that. I don't. I try not to hold on to that. And I, the whole thing, I, di- I didn't forget what you did, but I I forgave you because I, I it didn't serve me. Yeah. And I don't want to be pissed off all the time. Or, yeah. Not that I was, you know what I mean? Pissed off about you. And then when I said, you go back and you do the work for me and you be the dad you should have been, and you be the, the comforting, supportive dad you should have been, do that for me. And he said, I'll do that for you. And he must've, because I don't have this anymore yeah. and I don't have, I don't have any way to explain why I don't have it anymore other than that.
2: And I want to ask, do you think by taking that first step of forgiving him, open the door to really talk to him and, and truly let it go and f- really forgive? Do Absolutely. You think, okay. Cause I was going to say like, I personally think you wouldn't have been able to get to that other step if you hadn't have done that work, you know, like yeah, the first part of forgiveness
3: he told me, he goes, when you asked me to go back and heal that little girl and be the dad I should have been, he goes, that's what helped me get out of the solitary confinement, move up. And then when you kept talking to me, the thing is you kept coming back and talking to me. And I, I got that strong from him, like you're back. You, you want to talk to me still? And then I finally said, all I offer you all love and light. I can't give you anything else, but love and light. That's all I can give you right now. And that's well, all i give anybody right now you know I, I i give i send you love and light and he says when you said that all of a sudden literally like two weeks later i asked him where he was and he goes i've absorbed back into the light and i'm like i don't even know what that means and i said can you still do things yes i, I can still do things but i'm really just here for my ultimate healing i can still watch over you i can still talk to you but i don't like he doesn't like do what my mom does and go sadly with my stepdad up there you know he's literally just getting a reset he wants a reboot he wants a healing reset i know that's what he's doing
2: i think it's so nice to hear that and know that that is an option when we pass from here
3: yeah and it's really just all solitary confinement was his construct it was his thing he did for himself like hitler could have said i'm just i actually am going to burn in hell even though there is no hell, he there's near-death experiencers I've talked to that went to hell, but it was in their own sub own uh, conscious. Yes, and they and then they figured it out. Oh, this isn't real. This is all my indoctrination or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? So he did that to himself, but that was his way of saying, "I am so sorry. I feel horrible." And because God's like, "You can do that if you want. You don't have to." But if you want to do that, you can do that. And mm-hmm. I'll let you, know. I'm here when you're ready. And he was, but I also think to be so, what do you call that? When you're just so, you, you feel so badly about things and you're so, you just, you, you're, you're so sorry for it. And someone accepts you, even though you're, you did horrible things, accept yeah. you when you go back into the light. To me, that is like the ultimate healing of anything you can possibly do. And it's all there for us. It doesn't matter. And it does that. I know it matters in people's lives when people do horrible things. Don't get me wrong. I'm a victim of it. We all are victims of certain things in our lives. We all are. But when you understand how it works and you understand you don't have to be afraid of death, you don't have to be afraid of hell. There is no hell. You only have to be afraid of your own judgment. That's really all this is. Because there's nothing else. And when you really, truly do forgive someone, when you really, you know, because you're like, oh, never forget that son of a, you know, I can't believe it. Well, what are you doing? Are you helping yourself staying really upset with the tightness in your, in your, are you really doing good for yourself? Is that helping you? No, it's not helping me. Is it helping them? No, it's not helping them. Well, I don't want to help them. Okay. Well, help yourself at least help yourself. Yeah. And when I started helping myself, I was open enough and gracious enough and gave him grace to go, you know what, what can I do for you? what can I do for you? All right. Then I need you to go back because honestly, you're doing it for me, but I'm also doing it for you because you're leveling up. You're getting out of here. Wow.
2: Yeah. I'm just like, my mind is going in so many thoughts and my heart is going in so many directions and it's just like, all I'm thinking of is it's so beautiful that this, healing is happening for you and your family and that I hope people hear this and they know that there's more life to live and there's more healing to always do and that you can do it and it is possible because people are doing it and absolutely yeah I just I oh I I I don't even know what other words to say right now I'm just like so (laughs) so thankful that you're here sharing all of this with us
3: well, I tell you, it's. I'm thankful that I was able to talk to my psychic, my resident psychic medium who said, just talk to your mom. She got the ball rolling in that respect for me. And then when I realized I could actually do it, because everybody can do this. You can do this. All you have to do is practice. And it took me months. Just do what I did. Just say what they would say back to you. That's a good start. Like if you, you're missing your sister you're, or your dad or whoever it is in your life that you're missing and you know you can talk to them. don't do it right after they die give it a little time because they need to try. i think they have a transition period yeah. i really think a good month or so that they just just let them be there's no time over there but there's time here and just let them be but when you're ready even if you don't like them even if you're mad you know just see if you can communicate with them just try because you're going to heal yourself you will heal yourself and just put in your head what would they say to me Oh, well, they would say, hi, sweetheart, like my mom. Well, if you're there, what do you do all day? Just ask him that. And if something comes out of your head that you would never have thought of, that's them. It's yeah. really that easy.
2: And I want to put in there the transition because um, when my great aunt Lorraine passed, you know, I talked to her. But it's very quick. It's like almost yes. little bursts, I, I guess yes. is the best way I can put it. And then it was probably within two months after her passing, I was talking to Karen and we were doing the thing and I said, oh, can you get in touch with my, you know, my Aunt Lorraine? And mm-hmm. she was able to, but she was having a really hard time. And so we, we were talking about it and we were saying, I think it's because it was so, still so fresh. And yeah. I, the feeling I got was, it, it's hard because I get a lot of feelings, but it's almost like being in between a doorway, And you're halfway in here and you're trying to come out and and reach, but you're trying to like, you know, you've already like, you're going through the door. So it's hard to kind of get back out and get in there. So it's just like little bits. And I I think, again, confirmation, the feelings, the stuff that we get, and then having other people talk about that and confirm it. So it's like, if somebody did just pass and you're having a hard time communicating, for me, it was like these little bursts of just feeling them or hearing them. But it, it does grow more as more time goes, because sometimes, you know, they have, they're kind of everywhere at once, but they need that healing. So anyone listening, I, I, I don't, please don't get discouraged. Like if you just lost somebody and you want to communicate with them, but you're having a hard time and yeah also focus on the feeling like did you get more feeling at first than like auditory hearing them
3: for me it really was i i heard i'm a greeter i heard that Mm -hmm. and it was my own voice it wasn't her voice it was just my own you know how you can some people can't hear that though in their head some people Mm -hmm. don't have that ability even like they don't think you know they can't like they don't some people don't have that auditory thinking process like i'm always thinking vacuuming i'm thinking you know you know how you do some people don't have that but that hap- that's how it happened for me. I do think it's it's different for everyone. It could be a feeling. It's not like I have these long conversations with my mom, but I kind of do in a way that when I ask her questions, I'm like, well, like, what do you do all day? I'm a greeter. Well, can you, and I ask her, can you do things that you did here? She goes, yeah, we can we can go into a house we loved. We can go sailing. We can go to Europe. We can do all these things. We can just hang out with you guys. And I'm like, well, what if you're gone? She goes, I'm still there what if you're on a trip i i can still come see you i'm still there cuz it's it's almost like how we how we imagine god does it they can do that too they're all the same spirit yeah. as god god's god's just everybody you know what i mean we're all part of him so yeah. he's just so massive he she it whatever is so massive i don't think there's a there's no genders over there either <laughs> but then it's like it's energy you know exactly. Absolutely energy. Yeah, yeah. And there, and she goes, and I asked her, I said, what's it like? Like, how does it feel? And she goes, I can't explain it. There's no language to explain this language is so not gonna do that. She said, it's absolutely. How does she say it? She goes, it's, it's beyond any kind of best day of your life best situation. It's beyond that 10 million times. And she goes, and that's why nobody wants to come back. And when they have depression, when they do come back, a lot of them go through a serious depression when they mm-hmm. come back. And a lot of them try to go back uh, on their own and yeah. that's bad too, because you can't do that either. So it's one of those things where you just have to, because when you, apparently when you go there, like when you have a near-death experience, you know everything immediately. Like you understand how it works, you understand, all. it you know how like in our dreams, everything makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Everything makes sense. Then you wake up and you're like, what the heck was this? You can't <laughs> you
2: know? explain it to anyone because if you try to explain it, it makes yeah. absolutely no sense. But in our mind as it's happening, how you got yeah. from here to there makes sense.
3: It totally makes sense. Well, that's how it is there. And how I know all this is real, too, is I remember every single thing my mom says and how she says it. You know how like in a dream, you just forget it pretty fast. It's gone so fast. Mm-hmm. but I can remember every single conversation I've had with her. And I can remember every single conversation I've had with my dad. And I know I wasn't dreaming and I know I wasn't making it up. Cause I could, t- I know every little thing about it. That's what also makes it real because I have to have some kind of validity, some kind of proof to know they're talking to me. Cause yeah. how insane does that sound? It's it's just insane, but it's. See to me, i right like, either- it's wonderful. <laughs>
2: Not insane. <Yeah. laughs>
3: but like anybody you that had passed for you, They're right there for Alex. They're right there watching us right now. My mom's right here. My dad's probably right here. You know, I mean, he's absorbed in in the light, but he can still watch me, Yes, you know, and when he decides he can come and and be Gene again or whatever, he can, you know, he can go back to his higher self. But right now that that fragment of him is with higher is with the source, which I think is amazing.
2: It is. And I want to ask because I want to know. See
3: what I did there. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> do you think this is going to open a door to mediumship for you? Or
3: is that something you
2: want or you're interested in?
3: You are so funny to say that. So many people are like, you know, you can do this. And I'm like, listen, I, I don't, I don't think I want to do this as a living. I mean, I know I could do it with my mom. I don't know how it... I can do a little bit of it with my friend, Christina Curran. She teaches it. So she was kind of saying, okay, I'm going to give you this. And I want you to tell me what this is. And I I would be right on the nose. And I was like, what, but, and it was something for her. And I was like, I don't know where red feathers coming from. She goes, oh my, come on. Where would I've gotten red feather? And she goes, oh my God. And she was like, whatever that was, I can't remember what it was now. And I was like, what? And she goes, I totally, totally makes sense. So I, but I, I like the podcast too much. I like doing that. I like spreading the word more, you know, but that I can do this for myself is more rewarding for me because everybody can do this. Everybody can do this. Don't just think it's us. We have the, we're not gatekeeping anything. I promise you. All you have to do is set your intentions to say, mom, dad, sister, dog, whatever it is. Cause people are like, oh, I'm a pet psychic. Y- if you could talk to souls, you can talk to souls.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't think, I don't care if it's a pet. I don't care if it's a, a person. I, d- I don't, see what I'm saying? I think some people specialize and can understand animals more because mm-hmm. of how they present themselves. But to say, I can only communicate with animals. No, you can, if you can communicate with souls, you can communicate with souls. Exactly. And, <laughs> and again, I think because we're all connected We can,
2: we can communicate with each other. I also, I've talked about it before on the show. I really think that we are all telepathic. We just don't know how to use it properly. So a lot of times you ever get the, I was just thinking about you when you called me, it was the telepathy, but it comes in as our own voice. And you don't, it's about starting to learn what is your thought and what is somebody else's thought coming into yours? And that's the hard part because Alex and I, we literally are thinking the same thing. It's like we have these conversations and we bring it up and it's like, okay, so did you think of that first? Did I, or did it come from somebody else who brought it to us? I don't know, but I think it's about unlocking these gifts. And I know some people don't like to call it gifts because they're like everyone has it, but I think they are gifts that we all have. And I think that everyone is different in what they're stronger like what works strongest right. with them. So some people are better at mediumship. Some people are better at seeing things happen in the future. Some people are yeah. better at, you know, feeling what's going on right now and, and, you know, or talking to souls or talking to animals. It's just whatever they decide to focus that strength on. But yeah. I think that we, we all have it and it's just about unlocking it and not being afraid. And I want to ask, were you afraid at all? Like, when, did you have nervousness, apprehension, talking like when you first went to go talk to your mom? No,
3: I've never been afraid of any of this. I've never been afraid of it. In fact, when I was writing my, my Graveyard Watchman series, I wrote my first book on Wattpad. It's an app that readers and writers can go on and just write their books. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to keep practice up and write and keep my skill up. And I ended up writing an entire book and it got like a million views. And I was like, okay. So, and they featured it and everything. And it's done really well. But when I started writing that book, I was, I swear to God, I was channeling part of it because in my book, they go to the council and there's a council up there. And I didn't know that, yeah. but there's an actual council that the councils where you go to go for your life review yeah. and the councils right there and they go, what did you learn? How are you going to do it differently? Do you want to go back? You don't have to go back. Do you want to go back? You want to heal? Okay. You can heal whatever. It's all, it's all free will. So, and I was like, That's what I was writing in this book because it's about angels and demons and the angels, something happened with them and some of the angels died and this angel felt really bad. It's kind of like how my dad felt really bad, right? So he's putting himself in this prayer thing and fasting and all this. And the woman he was in love with said, are they going to punish you? And he goes, oh, no, they don't punish you. They They don't punish you. That's not how it works here. She goes, well, why are you here? And he goes, I'm doing this because my men deserved me to be there or whatever. And he was being all chivalrous. But he was doing it to himself so that he could represent them and and respect them the way he wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. Was that something that was required? No. It's like my dad. It wasn't required that he went to solitary confinement. God was like, if that's what you need to do to make yourself feel better, that's fine. You don't have to do that. Because we're not judging. We're not judging. Yeah. Yeah. And again...
2: You had that information, and you unlocked it without even realizing it. That's
3: so. Awesome. I know <laughs> that, and I didn't know that until somebody said, "You know, the, there's a council," and I was like, "What? Wait a minute." I was looking through my book, and I was like, "Really? Do they do this?" And that's just because yeah, that's exactly how it works. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So yeah, I wasn't afraid of any of this. I mean, my I have uh, my husband's sister, and I'm just gonna say it. About when I okay. I started writing books, then she decided she wanted to write books. And I don't know, she's competing. I don't even know what happened, but she didn't love the fact that she wasn't as successful. That's okay, whatever. You I don't even know what happened there. I don't we don't talk to them hardly at all. We never saw them. Well then, but she's very religious, very Baptist, and she said, She wrote she wrote me a type letter and sent it to me. This is about three years ago, and said. I'm so glad your books are doing so well, but, and I meant to tell you this, but this is all of the devil and this is all demonic. And, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing Twilight books. I'm not Twilight, but you know what I mean? I'm writing yeah. paranormal, that's what a paranormal romance book, like, like a Twilight situation. Mm-hmm. It's not my about vampires, but it's like that. So I guess everything is demonic to her. But my point is to be so in a box, to be so indoctrinated in something that, Gives you no freedom of critical thinking at all, that's hell to me.
2: Mm,
3: yeah. That is hell to me. But and again, to,
2: just like there, you're doing it to yourself, right?
3: Doing it to herself, exactly. And maybe she decided, I want to know what it's like to be, even though I think I'm connected to God, I want to know what it's like to be completely disconnected with God. Because yeah. that's exactly to me what she's doing. She yeah. thinks she's very connected. Because if you think about it in the Bible, it says, we don't judge, you don't do that kind of crap, right? Right. So yeah. lost her brother and her sister-in-law mm-hmm. over that. And it's not because I'm making her pay pittance. It's like, I don't have anything to do with that. That mentality, I'm planets away from that. Yeah. I have no, I have no uh, patience for it. I wish you all love and light though. I wish you love and light and that's all I can do. And I would never wish anything bad to happen to yeah. her ever. But she was telling me, you know, my books and my podcast are of the devil and that I'm dabbling in satanic occult things. And I can't, I mean, we have sitcoms that have ghosts in them. I mean, does she watch TV? I mean, I don't even understand, you know, so I I never rebutted. I never talked to her again. I never responded to it. She didn't deserve a response. And what she thinks is none of my business at this point, Mm. because I I'm so, I'm on a different frequency.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's the best attitude I'm, I'm, to have. Yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and with that, it, it's, it's sad
2: because again, you think that's family, but like you said, I think it's a choice that was made mm-hmm. to say, this is what I'm going to box myself in. It, it's like the devil card in tarot. Yes. And they have those chains wrapped around their neck. They're loose. You can take it off any time, but it's your own doing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and listen, and I'm not talking badly about religion because I think there's so beautiful things morally about so many. I think so many different religions are all kind of right in their own little space. Here and there. Mm-hmm. Do I go to church? I don't go to church. Um, I talk to God directly and I talk to my mom, yeah. who helps me a lot, and I talk to Jesus all the time. I think Jesus was amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm all about God and Jesus. Yeah. You know, I just don't want to go and sit in a pew and give you money so you can go on your yacht and or fly to Tahiti and drink my ties on my dime. Yeah. No thanks. And I'm not saying it's happening everywhere. No. I'm just
2: saying. (laughs) I know. Well, and and I want to bring up something else that you had said before on uh, the Curious Cat podcast with Jen, talking about deja vu. Because Mm. that was kind of the thing. And the thought of when you're having deja vu, it's because you're with God or, you know, you're having that connection, but then you got to rewind back. And
1: I've never had deja vu, so I cannot relate to this. I
2: haven't. All really? the time.
1: She has it all the time. All the time. And I'm like, ah, oh, what is that? It's like, and it just doesn't make sense to me.
2: And I, I said to Alex, it's interesting because a friend of mine had a retreat that I went to, and there's an amazing woman, and it's like she walked in the door, and I just felt her energy. And like we just hugged each other. It oh, was wow. so just this connection. And so she. And you'd know, never
1: met before. Correct? Never met her before. Okay. But
2: what? we were both connected with dragons. We work with dragons. And so she the next day she was doing henna tattoos. And yeah. I said, Oh, can you do what she wanted to do a dragon? And I said, Whatever yeah. you want to do. And she's doing these like triangle things. I go, that's what I see when I meditate. These I'm explaining the triangle. She goes, Well, you know what that means, right? And I go, I have no idea. And she goes, You are connected with source. She's like, the way oh. you're connected. People strive to attain that their entire lifetime. You wow. have that connection. And I was like, I never realized it because I, I think there's something inside of me that is to keep my humbleness, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. But to keep me in check, because I'm just like, I don't know. But you said that. And it was like a little puzzle piece, again, of confirmation of, you know, like, I know I'm connected. But is it the degree that I don't realize? But then I think Alex never has deja vu. And he's so I think he's more psychic than I am. And it's just so funny because I'm like, but he never has it yet. I have it all the time.
3: Yeah, I just got a hit from my mom about Alex. And I'm just I don't know why. (laughs) My mom said that this is one of your first times here. And that's why you don't have a lot of deja vu. This is what you've only been reincarnated like twice here. This is your second time.
1: Wow. Okay.
3: Yeah. You've had many lives, just not here, just not on this, just not here. That makes sense too, because
2: in my past life regressions that I've had, he was only in the one before we came here on earth. And that was the only time he was in a past life
3: with me. Oh wow. Okay. And that's see that to me, that's validity. I had (sighs) no idea. I was just telling you because I tried it. I I don't question it because I'm like, if I do that, then I'm I can't do it. So but she said, This is your second life here.
1: Wow. Okay. And and we we've tried to go like I've tried to do a past life regression, and there's I we can't get past a certain point. He
2: has a hard time. A very
1: difficult time.
2: There
3: was something
2: blocking
3: yeah this is a, but he's been many other lives other mm-hmm. places many and he was mom keeps saying beautiful beautiful soul beautiful soul so yes. uh yeah beautiful soul she keeps telling me that yeah so i know i can't <laughs> believe i'm i've never done this wow. i've never done anybody <laughs> except I for my friends. It. no it, it's nice yeah. because, uh,
2: i think too like i'm so open and i'm okay with being wrong you know
3: yeah oh yeah yeah
2: yeah i'm not afraid of being wrong and i'm the kind of person it's it's interesting cuz i was thinking when when you were talking about like the review and everything like i want to learn and if i'm not doing something right tell me Absolutely.
3: you know cuz
2: i don't know if i don't know yeah and I feel like we're all going through these experiences totally blind. We have no idea and we have to figure things out for ourselves and what's right for you might not be right for me, might not be right for Alex, but you know, we've somehow found each other and we have these similarities and these ways of thinking and these feelings that we agree on. And again, like it just makes me feel so nice that it's a space where we can open up and be honest about what's going on and have these conversations. And again, not feeling ridiculed, not feeling judged. It, it's, I don't know. I just think it's really nice. And here you are t- saying like, you you know, your mom's saying this and it makes sense. And it's like, this is so beautiful and it's real and it's happening and it makes sense to us. And it's the safe it, place where we can do this.
3: It's yes, so said, nice. Um, beautiful soul. She said, it's, it would, it, it He's so such a beautiful soul. It's hard for him to be a human. Mm. It's hard because you're not you, humanity. Would was is hard for you in the way of you're so such a good person. It's seeing everything is hard on you. Seeing the bad is hard on him. That's just what she's. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what she's.
1: <laughs> that's uh, yeah. I'm like you're um, yeah. <laughs> um,
3: that's why I haven't. That's why you haven't come here very often. You don't. You really haven't wanted to be here. Very, you know, this is this is somebody must have talked you into coming. Probably me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's awesome. I, I kind of get the idea that she, she, he's here for you. He came for you. Maybe you talked him into it because I know you guys have had a life together. So maybe, and I'm just trying to. I think yeah. maybe that's maybe that's what she's saying. You must. I maybe you talked him into it. You may have said, "Please come with me," and he finally went, oh, "Okay, fine, I'll go, I'll go," <laughs> but he didn't mean. want to. And he, Alex is such a good soul.
2: He's such a good person. He makes me become a better person. And it, yeah, he teaches me so much in this life.
1: I was not planning on uh, getting emotional, but everything you said, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, it's like pouring out (laughs) of me now. Oh.
3: listen i i can't <laughs> always, I, I've, Monique, uh, I've never done this i've never done
1: this <laughs> <laughs> everything but, you said spot on though it's really,
3: spot I'm on i'm just exactly what my mom said i'm i'm not the one doing it my mom is telling me this and the only reason i do this is cuz i can talk to my mom now and i just thought and she just and i asked her I said before i come on i said help me through this interview cuz i get nervous cuz i'm usually the one interviewing and i didn't feel that i didn't feel nervous and when i saw you both you know, and then when we're talking about, you said he, he, when he said he didn't understand deja vu, my mom said, he's only been here a couple of times. That's why he doesn't understand it. He's only been here a couple of times. Beautiful, beautiful soul. Uh, somebody that um, not many people of his soul growth and strength, because he's so up there in his soul journey. Like he's so higher up than a lot of humans are. That's why it's so hard for him. That's why this is so hard for him. And
2: I I think he's here to teach me.
3: Maybe, but you talked him into it. You talked him into coming. That's what my mom said. She's that's, that's totally what she's giving me now. You talked him into coming and And yeah. It's funny because I
2: did. It's all your fault. (laughs) It's your
3: fault. (laughs) You have somebody to blame now. It's
2: your fault. Hey, you made, you made the choice. (laughs) You made that choice it's funny because when I was doing some soul work, it was like I had, you know, I was asked and I was like, yeah, I'm very gung ho and excited. And I kind of jump in without thinking sometimes. And you know, he ground now
3: you. Huh? he grounds you and grounds me. He grounds you. He does. He ground- yeah. He grounds you.
2: And I've said that because
3: I'm like way up here, you know, floating in heat. Uh- my mind too. I'm like, oh my god! I, I wish I could tell my husband, and I do tell him some things, but some things he's just like, okay, whatever. But if I if, if, but it's a perfect match because I would be, la, 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 you know, because <laughs> you get carried away with this stuff, and I understand that. You know the dan- so- sorry, you know the dandelions when they go
2: white. Yes, it's like I'm that dandelion just trying to float off, and he's like the the stem and the leaves. Like, nope, hold it together. But instead
3: of letting me go, <laughs> wrapping me. Yeah. And that's the reason I named my podcast because I want to know, I want to know everything. Yeah. I want to explore, discover and understand and do all this. You None know, of the small talk crap. Tell me about your life story. I don't know you, but tell me your life story. Yeah. You not know, do a straight, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather have that kind of conversation than house the weather. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you, you know, I, I, I'd rather stick needles in my eyes. Yeah. So, you know, and, but no beautiful soul didn't want to come here. Very, very ascended soul. Very ascended soul. I don't know if you're going to come back though, either, Alex. I don't know. Mom, mom has isn't given me any of that. I don't know. I think that's a decision you'll make later. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Wow. You, you are very special. You are very special. He
2: is. He is. And
3: uh, I, I get. I,
2: I'm happy because I'm like, yes, yeah, somebody else is recognizing that because he's so <laughs> I modest. Don't know, Alex. I know. I don't know. I know. You guys have never met or talked. Only you and I have talked before. I know but alex is so um he likes his anonymity he's very like does it like if he does something he doesn't go tell people he did it it's not yes mm-hmm. very humble yes that's how and that's he is.
3: My, too. my husband you know he doesn't believe in any of this really but when he retired he works with the autistic kids at school he drives through meals on wheels so he does all the stuff that would be a very religiousy kind of thing to do but we're not that so to me that gives validity of oh my gosh what a teacher you are what a lovely soul you are and I couldn't do it without him you couldn't do this life without Alex you can't do it without he
2: he's saved me in so many ways he's taught me so much it's like
3: he has huh you are taught him a lot too you are so good for him you feed him you Mm. feed him with your with your goodness too though you feed him yeah
1: it's a very yeah. symbiotic you, relationship it
3: is. yeah it is it's yeah and i find
2: it so awesomely wonderful we're having this conversation and how like we have like we're the way we are in Jen too and we have our spouses and they keep us grounded and they help us and we help each other and i'm lucky because he is open. He he was the one who let me really yeah. come out of my shell of being who I am. Like, I want to read, I read tarot and, you know, I see spirit and I, you know, talk to rocks and trees.
3: And, you know, I, I believe in all of that because I do think this, that I think Dolores Cannon was right. We all had to come here and, and understand how the earth works. If you're going to be here, you got to come. Alex skipped all that. He wasn't ever a rock or a tree or 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 gas or air or whatever. He he didn't do that. That was another reason why it was hard for him. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't. Well, he, he didn't have to though. He didn't have to. No, mom. Yeah, he. Telling <laughs> you guys this. <laughs> yeah, Al- Alex is. Um, he.
2: Yeah, I I feel like I can't put him over enough. I can't say enough good things about him.
3: He got to skip the line. He got to butt in line. And come and come full force. Well, that I think that was the agreement. You either come with me and he's like, I'm not gonna be a tree.
2: Oh, <laughs> you, you know what's so funny? It's like you said that. It's like, you know, he skipped the line and he came here in full force. And I get and I'm glad you did. And that's something that like my Aunt Lorraine would say, and my dad says, and it just oh. like it it popped in my head. And I'm glad you did.
3: Oh
1: thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Wow.
2: uh, I think this is a good point to kind of wrap up. This has been such a fun and enlightening and emotional emotional and (laughs) educational conversation. And uh, wow, I'm still like, again, my mind's just everywhere.
3: I uh, I call my friend Christina and go, I just gave a reading. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm thinking your mom too. Yes. Thank <laughs> mom, you yeah. to your mom. I didn't give her- yeah, my mom. Oh, she's she loves you guys. She's already told me. They're amazing. They're amazing. You need to keep up with them. They're amazing. I'm like, okay, mom, I hear you. I didn't say that guys, but I'm like, I know they're amazing. But I surround myself with people like you when I do the podcast or when I do y'all's podcast or whatever. I have amazing people. And that's the reason I can do what I do. Even this little bit that I can do with talking to my mom is because I surround myself with people that believe in it. And that I can talk to freely about it. And that I don't, I can't, I'm not afraid to. And I don't care anymore what people think about it. This is real.
2: And that's this the thing, real. you don't care anymore. And I had to get to that point. And that's a really hard point to get to. And sometimes we, I think we have to go through certain experiences to get us to that point. But it's important. Yeah. You can't care about what other people think about you. I,
3: and I'm not going to. I, I don't care what people think anymore. And, and you know, I, I want to always... I I care what people think in in the way of I want people to feel good around me and and know that I I care about everyone. But if you still don't see that in me, that I can't uh, bother myself with how you feel about me. It's none of my business. It's none of my business after that. I
2: think think that's so perfectly said.
3: Leslie, can you tell everyone how they can find you, where they can find your books? Yes. Okay. So all you can do is look at my name, Leslie Fear. F-E-A-R, real easy. <laughs> Seriously, uh, you'll see my Amazon from, I, I only have my books on Amazon. I don't make a ton of money on because I'm not here to make tons of money on everybody, but they're good. They're all bestsellers. This is Graveyard Watchman. This is Apollo Sun. This is Atticus. They're all on there. My podcast is Because I Want to Know and it's on Apple, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm on TikTok. I do fun videos. I also do decorating. I know I'm a Gemini. Okay. <laughs> I'm I not And and I'm on Instagram under author Leslie fear. And so you'll find me just look up my name and you guys just, you'll put I'm sure you'll put some kind we're of, we're going to put everything it. up for everyone yeah, to find.
2: And I do want to say your podcast is so wonderful. I'm a fan of it. Same I listened here. to it and yeah. um, it was funny. The, the lion's gate. I'm like, I, I heard it, but I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, give it away. It's, it's cause it, but, even not every single episode might be like somebody it might not interest it, but please, you know, right. check out. There's so many there's, different people that you yeah. speak with and have these conversations with. And, you know, something might not interest you, but for one that doesn't interest you, I'm sure there's like 50 that do. Yeah. so.
3: There's something for everyone. And, and yeah, you may not want to talk to a hot air balloon pilot, but you might want to hear about, you know, someone that was in a cult, or you might want to hear somebody that left a very high demand religion, or you may want to hear. It. I love the near-death experiences. Cause they all have different experiences, but they all say the same thing. Just like I said, the other side's more real than here. and They didn't want to come back every and single one. Leslie. One, I almost said you might not be interested in the guy who flew hot
2: air balloons. I almost said that and didn't <laughs> it's the telepathy. I, I was like, yeah. no, I don't want to pinpoint a specific episode because, but, because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be interested in that one. So it was the first one, like, cause I remember when I saw that one come yeah. out, but it was just yeah. so funny. I literally was going to say that and decided not to pinpoint anything specific. And then you said it.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's called connection.
2: I know. And I'm so <laughs> glad we have a connection. I'm so thankful for that.
3: I'll have to have you back on because I love the tarot and I love when you do like a little predictions for like what's coming up yeah. or whatever we do, and we'll have you back on. Yeah. I love that you do tarot work. We can just chit
2: chat about spirituality, we, you know. We, I don't we, care.
3: We totally can because that's that that takes pressure off you, and we can just talk about everything. We I can about tell you what, I mean, mom and dad, all the progress I've made. I know, <laughs> but you know what I. I
2: I feel like we need to get like a group of us together and just have like a tea chat, like get together and just chit chat with each other about what's going on. Like, that's one of the things I want to do is just get everyone like you, me, Jen, Karen, like a group of us together.
3: Focus, Focus house and all of us just drinking wine and talking. Yeah. Fine.
1: That'd
2: be so
3: great.
1: I'd sit in on that.
3: Yes. Alex, are just kind of like, <laughs> okay, there they go.
2: I'll just yeah.
1: take the kid. <laughs> He's so patient
3: with me. But no, it's been so much fun. Thank you guys for having me on your podcast. Thank you. I, like I said, I'll have you back on, and um, it's been a delight. It's been so much fun, and I can't believe I did my first reading. Woo!
1: It was awesome. Thank you so You're much. You're
3: fantastic. You
2: that was that was incredible. This this is definitely uh, wow. something special. Thank yeah. you.
3: Thank you.
1: So that was. An amazing conversation, yes. I
2: thought. Yes, it was. And thank you, Leslie, so much. You thank you again. Yes. That that was like mind blowing and wonderful and
1: it was it it was great. Yeah. It was just a, a fantastic conversation. Like I said, we we continued on after and I I it was just great. She's a, what an amazing lady. Yeah. So thankful that that we got to, to speak with her. Today. I mean, I mean, you've already spoken with her before and you have that previous relationship, but just like now it's like, wow. And, and I listened to her podcast too. So I'm like, she's got that cool energy about mm-hmm. her and everything, but just like actually not listening to her, talk to somebody else, but being in a conversation with her, it was just so awesome. Like she's just, just a great, great lady. So that was, and, and thank, uh, thank you again, just Leslie, just for, for sharing all of that. And
2: thank you, Leslie's
1: mom. And thank you, Leslie's mom. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm just blown away.
2: Indeed. Well, with that, we want to thank you for listening, for watching, for being with us and sharing your time with us.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's our most valuable asset is our time. Mm-hmm. So if you stuck around this long and you've been listening for any length of time, We appreciate it. We really do.
2: We appreciate you.
1: Yes. So until next time, I'm Alex and I've been joined as always by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing wife, the lovely Monique.
2: And you've been listening to the Homewrecker podcast.
1: Yeah, I never knew that was a dragon. (laughs) You didn't know it was a dragon. (laughs) I don't stare at your tattoo. I don't stare at them, so I didn't know.
2: That's okay.
1: It's just kind of yeah.
2: I have two. I have one here. I, I'm like, oh yeah, I have one on each arm,
1: though. <laughs> yes. Well, this one I never even go. Like I never even. I thought that was a tribal thing. Well, this, I didn't know it was the
2: this. This one I here. Never, I never
1: stared at your... Ta- I never yeah. looked well, at... Well, this one, the... yeah,
2: it's a tribal because when... It's um, so weird when I when that I, I'm t-
1: saying it and it just sounds... I'm sorry. I just... I, just, I feel like no, it sounds weird <laughs> saying that. I've never stared at your tattoos. I don't even know what you have on you. I know the the one on your leg, mm-hmm. the, the... My anime The Yeah. Yeah. I know that one because that one I see it all the time because you're wearing shorts. But a mm-hmm. lot of times you're wearing sleeves and... Yeah. I don't, and I just don't, I don't care about it. Well,
2: I was going to say the tribal was, my brother was on leave from the Marines and I was going to get my first tattoo. That
1: and, was your first one? Yeah.
2: A funny How story How have we never that. had
1: this conversation before? I
2: don't know. I was going to get my first tattoo and my brother came with me and we went to this place in New Hampshire because, you know, the mass tattoos were illegal for the longest time in Massachusetts. Really? Yeah. So like, this is what, 1998? And uh, I, I said to my brother, I, like, there were so many tattoos I wanted to get. But I just, I was like, I have no idea. So I said to my brother, what do you want me to get? And he's like, this one's pretty cool, looking at something on the wall. And I I was like, my brother's only from the Marines. And I was like, he likes it. I'm going to get it. It wasn't my style, but to me, and, and again, that's the thing with my tattoos. They're memories of certain points in my life and where I was. So somebody might look at my, I've had people say, oh, your tattoos are so random, but I don't care because everything was about a point in my life. And it I remember the good times and the bad times. And yeah, so like that, people, I don't care. People be like, oh, she has a tribal tattoo. Like for the longest time, people were like knocking on tribal tattoos. But it's like, you know what? I don't care. My brother liked it. I was getting my tattoo. That's what he liked. So I got it. And the guy, it was such a bad job. No, I'm sorry. Was it? That one, it wasn't. We found it in New Hampshire, and I ended up getting it done by somebody in their apartment, and it was such a bad job that I had to go somewhere else and get it touched up because it was not done well. But that was what he had wanted. So, and then afterwards, I got my dragon put in.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah How have we never had this conversation? I don't know. <laughs> well, I just, I never, I never. I never, I don't have any tattoos. I never, like, whatever. I, I went with, I remember going with a couple of friends when they got their tattoos done. And because everybody's like, oh, well, well, we'll all get one. Okay. I'll get there. And I'm like, I don't know what I want. Like, I don't want anything here put on me. Like, there's just nothing that I like want to commit to for that. Yeah. I can remember one of my friends got this little, Tiniest little, it was a, no exaggeration. The if you get a dime, it could fit inside of a dime. It was this tiny little the, uh, the what do you call it? The ank, where it's like ank the cross, the, yeah. just that uh-huh. on his shoulder blade, like on the on the back. So so he can't even really see it unless he's looking in a mirror, you know. And it was just random for nothing. That's what he got, and I'm like, that's what you get, okay. And then my other friend got like a. A bigger tattoo, but it was just like, all right. I loved getting tattoos. <laughs> I, d- I didn't get anything. It was, like, it was not it just nothing. Uh, nothing that I've ever looked at and went, "Oh, I want to get that tattooed on me." It's not not for me.
2: Yeah, I I loved getting tattoos. I was so just mesmerized watching them as they would tattoo, and I just watch and be like, "Wow, this is cool."
1: All right. Yeah, we we, we recorded this. <laughs> we kept recording, by the way. That's okay. I know we're just sitting here chatting, but, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's all right. Well, like, maybe, we hope maybe you we'll enjoyed this conversation, Maybe we'll leave this in.
1: <laughs> Why not? Yeah,
2: who cares? <laughs> Less to edit. There you go. Mm-hmm.